Hey guys, I am so excited for you to check out this episode with Amanda. But before we dive in, I have to make sure you are in my free training, Master Your Results in Quarantine, that starts today, Wednesday, April 22nd, when this episode goes live. So here's the thing about this training. What I've realized is there are three types of achievers. Yes, all of you are an achiever, even if you don't realize it yet. And for each achiever, they have a specific block that is keeping them from creating results. So whether that's trying to lose those extra five pounds or get healthy or finding your soulmate or like signing clients and making more money or finding your dream career, whatever it is, we all have a unique style of doing things. And while that's our greatest asset, there's also a unique block that is keeping you from creating results. So the focus of this training is to help you identify with a quiz that I created just for you to figure out which achiever you are. And then a three-day training that starts today, breaking down the exact tools you need to get around these blocks. So for me, for eight years, I literally tried to change my life, but because I didn't have the tool that I needed and because I didn't realize what was blocking me from creating results, I just kept doing the same things over and over again. This training is going to solve that for you. So go to lindsaymangocoaching.com forward slash master your results. We are starting today. You get three days of live coaching with me, and you are going to know exactly which achiever you are and what tool you need to apply to finally create results so you can have an anything but average life. I love you guys. I'll see you on the inside. Let's jump into the episode with Amanda. Welcome to the Anything But Average podcast, where I, life coach and mindset expert, Lindsay Mango, will teach you how to master your mindset and get into massive action to create a life that blows your mind. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another week and another episode of the Anything But Average podcast. I am so freaking excited to be here today with the amazing Amanda Dare, especially because we like, I feel like it's been so fun to watch the progression of our businesses together when we first met and just like how we've, I don't know, just watching you grow from afar and together and supporting each other. It's been so fun. And you guys know I don't bring a lot of guests on my podcast, so when I do, it is very special. So I want to welcome Amanda Dare to the Anything But Average podcast. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm so excited. I feel like every time someone asks me about podcasts and what I'm listening to, it was always Soul CEO, so I'm happy to tell them now it's the Anything But Average podcast. (laughs) I love it. So good. So tell my audience what you do, because you're going to describe it way better than I can. (laughs) (laughs) So I own a company called The New Black, and basically our mission is to empower women through conscious fashion. The idea behind this is that we empower women through every part of our process. So we empower seamstresses that are all local. I'm actually the fashion designer and head seamstress, and I lead an all-local to Louisville, uh, Kentucky team of seamstresses to make our product. They're actually located right inside our store and studio, our combined, and so it's a very transparent process. You can actually 
speak to and learn the stories of the women that make your clothing. And then as you're walking through this whole process, you already feel really great about the product. And then once you step into it and you feel how comfortable and luxurious and so soft, comfortable, guys. So good. <laughs> Our um, premium bamboo fabric that's also a sustainable option for fabric is then you feel empowered in yourself to basically go out and take on the world. Ah, so good. <laughs> guys, so I didn't explain this fully, but Amanda and I, I was at like a, what was it? Where do we, what was it? It was like an event or like a outdoor like fair or something. And I will see this like little bus and I had just launched my business and Mm -hmm. I like see this bus and I'm like, what's, what's on there? And so I walk on, she's on there like with this big smile and these amazing clothes. And like, I bought this boss babe shirt and I was like, (laughs) this girl and this stuff is like so good. And then we started following each other on social media and stayed connected. Mm -hmm. And she has a storefront and like this massive business now. And it's just been so cool to see and how much you empower women. Like she does events at her store. Like it's, it's not just about clothing. Mm -hmm. Like it's about something so much deeper than that. So I'd love for you to share why this, like what, why, what made you passionate about this and like, how did you get started in it? Yeah, well, I think it was the Nulu Fest, actually, which is weird yes. because now I'm in Nulu. <laughs> so good. I know. It's so like full circle. But I actually, five years ago, started the business. I've owned it for since I was 25. I'm 30 now, about to be 31 in a couple of days. And I was so excited to get started, but it really stemmed from a place of hurt and kind of negativity, which is really, you know, kind of cool that you can take something that's happening in the world. And for me, it was working in fast fashion and working as a retail manager for multiple years in these really big box stores where I was just unpackaging, you know, sometimes 50 boxes of shipment a day and everything is in its own little package that's wrapped in plastic that is creating so much waste within itself. And then I started to also look at the clothing and I've been a seamstress for, oh, 10 plus years now. So over a decade. So I was looking at these clothes and I'm selling them to these, you know, college girls for $5 a piece. And I was like, man, this is really hard to make. Like, how is this possible, actually possible that this could be only $5? And I looked into kind of the behind the scenes of the fast fashion industry and realize that there's a ton of human and environmental degradation that once I started to dive really deep into that, I didn't want to be a part of it any longer. But the new black is actually my fourth business. So I was an entrepreneur, seamstress and designer before I decided to go into retail management. And I was just like, you know what, I can do this better. And I can actually be a part of the fashion industry and have a stylish and comfortable and well-fitting wardrobe that I have as an investment in myself and putting that towards my future versus buying and going into debt over like all of these changing trends all of the time. So kind of a compilation of all of that where I just didn't want to be a part of a system that made me so upset (laughs) all the time. I wanted to create something better. So that's what I did. 
So good. And I love that you shared that you, would you say you had four businesses before that? Because I think it's so important, you know, for all of you guys listening, the anything but average like podcasts and life and everything that I teach and represent is all about creating a life that blows your mind. For a lot of you, that will look like having a business or having something that, you know, is your purpose in the world. And I think so often we get caught up wanting to make like the one right decision in order to do that. And I, almost every entrepreneur I talk to has had multiple businesses and had to figure it out to get to like the beautiful storefront and the amazing business and the amazing clothing. So I just think it's really important to share. So what was that process for you like, like kind of navigating all of that and getting where you are today? Oh man, it's a 10 year journey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just say that it started when I was making headbands in my dorm room and selling them. I was a resident assistant, so an RA, and I was selling them to my (laughs) residents that lived around me. And, you know, then it built into my first studios and teaching myself how to sew because there's no program in Kentucky that really has um, a great, well, where I was, I was in Louisville, um, that has a great program for that. So I kind of took any amount of sewing or design or just anything in the realm of fashion courses and stuff I could take at school, but that was like two. So I had to go on YouTube. There was a lot of trial and error there. I, I actually made up my own internship for a while where I just made clothes for free for friends and because I couldn't find my own internship. And then eventually it turned into a store while I was still in college. I was still like going to school, uh, working on my second degree and realized that I wanted to follow this dream, even though I still had to finish those degrees. So I was like, it's time. I'm opening this store. And it just built up from there to a bigger store and then a, a business where I designed and made clothing for other designers and then closed those things, got married and worked in retail management where I really, because I don't have a fashion or business degree. Yeah. <laughs> and really going into that, you know, quote unquote corporate world, like really helped me to understand how to run a store every single day and how they actually accomplish the business side of things and management of, you know, 20 plus employees and all of that stuff. So I kind of combined those things. And then from all of those experiences, like I think of everything as a staircase. So every step I take forward is a stair step upwards. And when I take that step upwards, it will lead me somewhere that has a better view in the end. Oh, and I love that. Thank you. And so when I like look back at it, none of it was, you know, a failure or an issue, even though at the time it might have hurt a little bit, <laughs> but it was an evolution and it was that stair step towards uh, where I am now. Oh, so good. Oh, I love the stair steps. Like that's so true. And when you're in it, sometimes you like... You're like, I don't know how this is going upward, but I know it is. Um, But when you're at the top, it makes a whole lot of sense. So for those listening, if you're on the stairs, like just keep going, like you'll get to the top. I love it. So tell me more, like you are somebody who, like if I were to think about a woman in Louisville who brings like badass women together and like does amazing things for women, I feel like I would immediately think of you. So tell me more about how like your passion for that started, right? So you start this fashion company and this business creating clothes, but then you start to evolve into like bringing all these amazing women into your world. So like how did that evolution happen or what made you so excited about doing that? 
I think when I got started, I didn't really understand how kind of my background really was going to play into this. So I'm a middle child of, I have two brothers, one older, one younger, and I come from a long line of women that are really, really strong and really tough. And I'm a pretty sensitive, artistic type of person. And so when I was in these leadership positions, I had to be that really like tough woman, you know, working in retail management or whatever. I had so many women underneath me, but I started to realize that the women above me were really leading from kind of fear and, or they were like really pushing fear as their tactic for uh, management and that I was supposed to instill fear basically into the women that were underneath me in order to create the results that they wanted. And that was really incredibly crushing to myself and so on. I was just like, wow, there's so many other ways to lead and to bring women along with you and to empower them and allow them to finish a task and feel that amazing, you know, pride that you feel from that. And then from there, grow into their own, you know, form of themselves that's bigger and better than before, but hopefully in the future, remembering you as not leading from fear and not leading from this negative place. And for example, like I say, I went into like debt over these trends. So if, if someone didn't walk into the store that I was working in and like there was no traffic that day. If I didn't make any sales, I would be yelled at. And if there was an issue with that, so I would just buy the clothes so I wouldn't be yelled at. And I would, wear <laughs> I would wear them so that I could sell them. And I understand that as a concept, but it's still very frustrating that I was going into debt just to not be yelled at by my bosses. And I was just like, man, I just really, again, there is a better way. We do not have to lead this way. And I felt like it was just really a negative situation. And so for me, my whole idea around it when I started to create my girl gang, which is what I call my customers and all of my fans and all the women that I love, is that these women were giving as much to me as I was giving to them. And for me, not having a sister and having like one close female relative to me, my cousin, it's like, I think I was just really deprived of a sisterhood. And a lot of other companies, like there's moms that have these really great mom groups. And I think even in online coaches, like you all are in the same realm. There are not a lot of fashion designers that I know that I'm a part of. Um, there's other boutique owners, but it is a different experience. We can definitely connect on a lot of things. So I didn't have a lot of like peers and connection and even for like yogis, you know, they're all yeah. doing yoga. So for me, I realized like, well, what do I want to attract and who is my, you know, who would I want to walk into my store and who do I want to give as much as they give to me back to? And that was a creative girl boss. So when I started to push that out into the world and really dive into what my actual target market was, I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> like, it's me. Oh, and you understand what I'm going through and you understand and you feel the same way I do about these clothes or maybe they needed to be educated about fast fashion, which isn't a problem, but it's, it's more of a creative flow that we were able to get into with each other. And now I have this massive, amazing group of women that inspire me just as much as I inspire them. And sometimes they bring me presents. They bring me jam and flowers. And <laughs> jam. I love it. <laughs> jam. Honestly, that strawberry jam I got was one of the best things. Ever. Yum. <laughs> 
it's just it's kind of cool that they they feel so inspired by being in this space and being a part of that sisterhood that it just it feels like I've, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now and oh, leading totally. them in a way that promotes the empowerment of each other. And now what I'm doing is actually connecting them all to each other because they're all like minded women that could use a little more sisterhood. So good. So it's kind of like that saying, create what you wish existed. And I feel like you've Mm -hmm. totally done that. Like, guys, if you live in Louisville, Kentucky, or you come to Louisville, Kentucky, you have got to go into Amanda's store, which is, where is it now? It's in Nulu, right? Yeah, so um, it's on the corner of Washington and Campbell. And basically, I always tell people, like, if you know where Biscuit Belly is, then I'm one block towards the river because everyone knows in this town. I haven't been yet since I moved, but I've heard many good things. It's incredible. And my doors actually open to their doors and not getting biscuits every day is probably (laughs) one of the biggest struggles of my my new spot. But yeah, before that, I was actually, so I started selling in 2015 out of of a tent and I had three dress designs and then in 2016 17 is when I had the mobile boutique her name was Betty the bus her, <laughs> her full name was whoa black Betty because she made a lot of noises and it was like whoa what's happening Betty but she was like my little business partner for a while my mom and I renovated the inside of that shuttle bus and so cool you know it was really cool and I loved it. I actually miss it now. But I sold Betty the Bus because I had moved into a really big uh, mall that was here in Louisville or still is here, the Oxmoor Mall. I was there for two and a half years and I just had so much invested into that that I didn't have any extra time to take Betty out on the road <laughs> and do any extra events. So I sold her to another female entrepreneur that's planning to do mobile sewing alterations, which made me really excited. And then I guess about six months ago, I moved from the mall to uh, the Nulu area, which is kind of near downtown. If you're not familiar with Louisville, near downtown, it's going to, I'm one block away from the soccer stadium that they're building. Oh, like such a hip spot. Yeah, it's so cool. And honestly, I knew I was going to love it down there, but then I realized that there's about... 30 women-owned businesses within six blocks of me. And so now I have my own little community still, especially like right now, there's some craziness going on in the world, but I feel like we're all really coming together and I've got more sisterhood that that we've been creating. I love it. So if you guys are in Louisville, you have to go. I haven't been in the new store yet, but I will be there soon. But her old store, it was like the minute you walk in, you can just feel the love and the sisterhood and it's, Mm -hmm. So awesome. I just love it so much. So I feel like that is such a good example also of being like committed no matter what guys, like she was like, I'm going to get a tent and I'm going to sell three dresses. I'm going to get a bus and like figure out how to make this work. And I feel like that's such a requirement, no matter what your dreams are to be like, there's a solution. We're going to find a way. And like, that's what has, was the foundation of what she's created today. Also, by the way, we're talking about empowering women and I just want you guys to stay tuned until the end because Amanda and I have something really exciting to announce to you guys. So stay tuned for that. But I've still got more questions. (laughs) So I wanted to ask what has been the biggest challenge in like creating what you have so far? The biggest challenge. Oh my gosh. There's probably a really big challenge every day. (laughs) I think... 
what you're talking about with like the commitment to it is once I make a decision, I'm like all in, like it's never really done. Our poor husbands, right? (laughs) Poor, my whole entire family and support system, poor them. And I just, I'm stubborn in that way. And it will create beautiful, amazing things in my life, my stubbornness. But I, I mean, my dad, um, you know, he's amazing and incredibly supportive, but it took my family a long time to like really understand that I was serious and that, Mm. you know, this store or this um, studio I had or this bus or, or whatever, I was serious. And I, I think it had to take probably once I, they're always incredibly supportive, but to really understand, I had to make my first like hundred thousand dollars in a year for them to be like, Oh, like. Now I get it. <laughs> like, You're not just like playing in the sandbox and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they totally understood it way more when they saw the numbers behind it. And I was like, yeah, for real, this is an incredibly like scalable, massive business opportunity. And like, I'm not messing around. Like I'm going to be here. You know, I just celebrated five years. I'm going to be here for so much longer. And I think really just getting them to the place where they're not like, wait, you want to do what? You're, ha- you're going to move into a mall. You're going to have a, a bus. You're going to drive around. Like, what are you doing? Like they, and not just my dad, but just across the, the board. It was, I remember my dad, you know, we were working on the bus and he was, it's an old bus. <laughs> so it needed some tar on the roof. And he was walking down the middle of it with a big bucket of tar to like, you know, finish the top. And he fell through the roof of the bus. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was like a cartoon moment at that point where I was just like, my eyes got really big. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so crazy. But I think at that moment, he was like, take it to the dump. No, this is not working. I don't understand this. And he had had a really rough day otherwise, but that kind of pushed him over the edge. And my mom and I had to calm him down. And my mom always says that, you know, we make it work. Like the Heinz family, which is my maiden name, we make it work. And that's just who we are. And she says to me all the time, like, you and I, like have vision for things so we can when we see the pig we can smell the bacon is what she says (laughs) and I'm like you're right and she's just like we just had to figure out how to communicate that this is a really big opportunity for me this is something that I'm completely invested in and not just expect other people to jump on the bandwagon but to explain to them the you know, the power that you have and the commitment that you have to it and let them understand that. And when they understand that, they're, they're beautiful, amazing people that love you. They're, they're going to support you past that. But I think a few of those little moments came, you know, popped up and, and I went against what they suggested because I knew that I was going to make it work no matter what. And I think I'm um, kind of working through those moments with anyone in my family um, and helping them to understand how serious I was about this and that no matter what, it was going to be something that I was, you know, passionate about and doing at whatever scale. So they could support me in it. And I would appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I love that. I think like that was some of the toughest moments for me too. And growing opportunities was getting, you know, the people that I loved and cared about, like, 
actually, it wasn't even like getting them on board. Kind of like you said, it was literally just like holding my own belief in what I was doing and like being willing to go against what they were comfortable with or what they thought about it. And I think so often, no matter what it is you're going after in your life, like there's going to be people who don't agree. But if you rely on their opinion, like we, neither of us would be here. Like if I had listened to people, like it would never happen. So maybe just take it as a good sign. If you guys are listening to this and it's happening in your life, take it as a good sign that you're the type of person who can see the bacon (laughs) when you see the pig and that like the right people will get on board with it, but it's your job to like decide and be all in for yourself. So yeah, I love that so much. Oh, this other question I was going to ask was, how is it managing your life and your personal life and all of the pieces and running a business with all of these people relying on you? Like, how do you best manage kind of the harmony of all of that? Oh man, probably not very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, If I think back on it, I've made considerable changes in the last year of my life for the betterment of myself and for my own self-care. And so let me give you an example. When I was working in the mall, had my own store in the mall, I had around 20 plus direct employees that I was managing at any point. And if we had a slow day, obviously, you know, that affects everyone. And so not leading from a place of fear like my previous managers had and leading from a place of love and empowerment and growth was really an important kind of step for me to always keep at the forefront. And so every day at the mall, we were open 13 hours a day. We're closed like two days a year. And I know why my parents, you know, suggested maybe don't move into the mall because it is so much of a commitment. And I was like, no, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to take my business to the next level. But I had to make considerable sacrifices of, you know, time with my friends, time for myself and time just away from my family. But there was things that I I kept as boundaries that I'm really proud that I did. Like I spent every Thanksgiving and Black Friday away from the mall and actually with my family. And I spent the whole week after Christmas visiting my husband's family. Um, His parents are divorced, so they each have multiple people we have to go see. So we spent that time when they're like, man, we really thought we weren't going to see you. And I was like, well, you know, the reality is, is that I am my own boss and I have this opportunity to create this amazing business that I want. But if it's not serving me, which at the end of when I was in the mall was really kind of a trying, difficult time for me of, I was just hurting all the time because I cut and sew as well. Like the majority of my days were still a lot of making the product. And so I was just putting so much like physical stress on myself, mental stress and, and just worrying like, is everybody going to show up for their shift? Are they going to be? And, and if they didn't, let me give you like show or let me tell you why, because if they didn't show up for their shift, we would be charged a fine in the mall. So it was like almost as much as my rent. (laughs) So I was like freaking out all the time. Hey, are you there? Just checking, you know, trying to stay calm and like not put the stresses that I was feeling onto my staff. And I'm not a perfect person. That didn't always happen perfectly, but I definitely really tried to make sure that, you know, this is their job. This is my company. And so, yeah, this is my baby. And so 
when I would explain things to them like that, you know, this is my baby, you know, are you guys feeling good and make sure that they were on track, like it was able to kind of relieve some of that pressure a little bit. But I turned 30 last April, and I'm interested in starting a family with my husband. We've been together half of our lives <laughs> at this point. So we're interested in moving forward. And when I turned 30, and I was like, you know what, we've got to make some considerable changes. And I decided to move out of the mall. That was a really big, scary thing for me. But I just realized that the time we were open, the amount of hours we were open, and the limitations of even just the fluorescent light above me every day. Like I just felt so creatively limited. I had to leave every time to design a new collection and I, I couldn't do that while I was doing it. And, and it just never really felt like, like it was the right place, even though the goal of me moving there was to introduce my brand to new people, was to challenge fast fashion right where it sits and to educate people that there is another option. And if you're interested in that, let's chat about it or try it on. So it still had really great, amazing parts of like building my business up, but it really personally just felt super stressful. So I just kind of decided on, you know what, it's my company and it's not serving me any longer the way I'd like it to be. I'm going to make these changes, moving out, changing my hours, being closed two days a week so that I work the same hours as my staff. Like those are all things that helped me to be able, like my store doesn't open till noon, but it's because I am a night owl and I'm not an early bird. So getting to my store by nine at the mall was actually really difficult for me. And so getting to my store at noon is a lot simpler. And it just gives me that morning to just have my morning kind of be for me and have my afternoons or when I'm at my peak being for my business. And so making just kind of those little changes has helped me to better balance it. But like right now, I have a studio at my home because we have a pandemic, a global pandemic going on. And so I have a separate studio space. So I still have my time at home and I have my time in my business. But I'll say one of the major things is that I definitely struggle not talk about business all of the time because it's my favorite topic. So why would I not want to? Me too. Chris is like, Chris is like, you've talked all day about all of your ideas. Can I have like an hour break? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I've got one more idea. Can I share? So I have to actively not talk the whole time. And especially as extroverted people who are now like, I was in my store with people every day. And my mother-in-law always told me that women speak 90,000 words a day and that men speak 10,000. So every once in a while, I'll come home and I'll be like, honey, I spoke my 90,000 today. I spoke about 100. And I'm dead and tired. And, you know, he's like, all right, sounds good. I got the night off. I don't have to worry about it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. He's incredibly supportive and will always listen and be amazing. But I have to make sure that we're speaking about our future together and not just about my business's future. And I think that's a hard thing to, to balance for sure. Totally. Well, I love all of that though, because I think it really does illustrate how you find that harmony. And to me, you find the harmony by like 
screwing it up a lot at first. Like yeah. I think it's so uh, like working for yourself is like the best thing ever. And you have to think about it. Like if you're used to having a boss tell you what to do, where to be, it's like you are the boss of yourself, which mm-hmm. requires a lot of different things. And um, I feel like you only figure out what works for you and your schedule and your time, what you need by doing it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the store is not going to open till noon. That's what works for me. Like for me, I'm the opposite. Like I am not a night owl at all. So I'm (laughs) like, okay, past like four, I don't work. And I make sure that my day is adjusted for that. And like figuring that out, I think is so And when you think about, you know, your, your ideal client and your, I think I've heard you say it before, probably on one of your podcasts that I listen to all the time when I was so, but Basically, if you think about the people like being nervous to change anything in your business, the people that want to be there and that respect those boundaries will still be there. And anyone, I heard this one time, anyone that is upset when you set a new boundary was planning to cross that boundary. And if you don't want them to cross that boundary, you have to set it and keep it. And, you know, it's as simple as time. It's as simple as any of that. But it's just... Taking that time for yourself and setting those boundaries really helps you feel more balanced. And it doesn't work every day, but when it does, it's really nice. (laughs) Doing our best, right? That's what matters. Best we can. (laughs) So good. Okay, so before we jump into this super exciting announcement, I would love for my people to find out like where they can connect with you just in general on social media. I know you have a podcast that's about to launch, so just share those details with my people. (laughs) Sure. So my name is Amanda Dare. Again, that's my middle name, so I have a long, hard last name. (laughs) I didn't even know that, so I'm glad you didn't tell me because I would have screwed it up. (laughs) No, it's fine. That's why I go by it. My maiden name was Hines, but I'm married, and my husband's last name is Darty, and my last name is Darty. But it looks like Doherty or Daughtry or Doherty or any other form besides Darty. Oh, yeah. I knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. No, it's fine. And so I just go by my middle name. So Amanda Dare. So if you look for me on Instagram, it's shop the new black. And um, just so you guys know, we spell black a little differently. So it's B-L-A-K. There's no C. And we do that because we consider, you know, even though we're known for our little black dresses and timeless attire, slow fashion, all of that, the word black, B-L-A-C-K, is a color, and we don't only make little black dresses. So B-L-A-K is the entire concept of sustainable, ethical, and women's empowerment altogether. So it's Shop the New Black on Instagram, and then if you wanted to follow me personally, it's Little Black Book, and again, it's B-L-A-K there. And then if you wanted to go to our website to check out any of our amazing pieces and any of the other female makers that we uh, sell within our store as well, it's www.thenewblack again blak.com we'll put all the links we'll put all the links in the show notes too so you guys can check it out as well yes perfect uh, the new podcast coming out soon because I made a promise to myself in my 30th year which I have like a couple weeks left that I would put out the little black book podcast and basically it's going to be I just realized that since my husband and I've been together so long all of my booty calls quote unquote <laughs> in, <laughs> I love it in my little black book are all my biz besties basically all the people I call you know late at night <laughs> there's no other booty calls besides about business stuff so 
for me, it's just going to be just real fun and um, and deeper conversations with other entrepreneurs, just like we're having now, and kind of talking about you know the the reality and the highs and lows of being a go-getter and and how crazy and complicated it can be, but how beautiful it can be as well. Mm. Oh, I love the name so much. Like it's so good. It's I have so many plans for this name. A little little black book. You're gonna be like B L I K everywhere. B L I K B L I K. It's gonna be the new way to spell black. So good. Okay, so we both have something really exciting to announce, and I'll let Amanda start with like where her vision for a little like partnership that we developed, where it all came from, and the idea and all of that. Introduce it to you guys. Sure. So basically, I come out with a couple collections a year because I am the fashion designer of the new black. And all the collections have a title. So a word that I design around and the concept and it's usually however I'm feeling in that moment. And for me this year in 2020, I came out with the collection uh, Reflect and the collection Rise. And I really wanted to reach out to other women that empower other women and really reach out to the other women that inspire me in so many ways. And Lindsay really like so much helped me with my mindset as an entrepreneur. So I knew that you were the first person I wanted to reach out to with this kind of cool concept. So I've asked Lindsay to co-design a collection with me and we've decided to call it Empower. Uh, empower. Yes. <laughs> oh, good. We are so freaking excited. So do you have more to add or do you like, what are your thoughts? I think when, when I look at any collection, I really think of it as, you know, what are pieces that this person could really add to their wardrobe? And like I said, you are my inspiration for so many different things, but the empowerment part of it as well, when we look at that and how we are empowered women that empower other women. And that's a concept that we push all the time within the new black and that we represent and that we live and breathe and love. And so we're going to have some really cool, comfy things that you can do or that you can wear while you're working from home. And then Lindsay also gets dressed up at home when she's working in front of her computer for all of her amazing uh, coaching opportunities. So we've made some really cool options that are going to be incredibly comfortable, breathable. They're not going to wrinkle very much, which is nice. And you're going to be able to move around and really feel like you can take on the world um, from your home office. And um, I just think I'm so excited because it's going to be so comfortable. It's something new that my audience hasn't seen. And as someone, you know, that inspires and empowers their audience to work with you on this has been just so exciting and has like really rejuvenated a lot of um, my creative, you know, vibes going, (laughs) kept them all going, especially, you know, during this pandemic that we're going through. So I'm really excited to have teamed up with you for it. I'm so excited. I, when Amanda reached out to me, I was like, absolutely. I mean, you guys know who follow me. I also love like style and beautiful things and her clothes are like 
so comfortable. And when we were talking about the name, we were, you know, I think it also fits so well with what's going on in the world right now with COVID-19. You guys know I'm all about taking ownership and um, like taking control over yourself and your part. And to me, like the word empower really describes that. And I think now more than ever, we need to empower ourselves and empower other people and support each other through all of this. And so we never, we actually didn't plan on this COVID-19 happening when we first had this conversation, but just like everything else, it's all happening in perfect timing. And I cannot wait for you guys to check out this collection. Like you guys all, so many people message me about how I dress up for my daily life, which is why, you know, we selected these pieces because one of the biggest problems I have honestly is that as soon as I'm done working, I'm like ready to rip my clothes off and put on like some sweats or some yoga pants. And so what we did was create, I mean, Amanda did that. I just added my like small input, but created pieces that are beautiful, but also comfortable, like things that I'm going to wear to cook dinner after I'm done working and can sit in my desk all day and feel like I'm wearing yoga pants, but I'm not that look really beautiful too. So where can they check it out? Actually, I think this podcast, when it goes live, the collection will be live. So where can they go check out all these amazing pieces? Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be front and center on our homepage of our website. So thenewblack.com is going to be the best way to check that out. And, you know, supporting this collection supports so many women, not only myself and Lindsay, but it, it still supports all of the female seamstresses and makers, all of the women that work for both of us and work with us in our businesses. So, Remember that when you're supporting these small businesses, even though you feel like you're supporting one person, they're usually supporting so many others as well. And putting your money back into the community, especially into female entrepreneurship, I think is the best investment we can make right now. Mm, so good. So yes, check it out on the site. I will have links on my profile. I will be sharing all of the pieces with you guys on my Instagram like you're going to love them. Can we tell them about the colors? Like things? are we allowed? Yeah. So we are doing cheetah print, which Amanda <laughs> hasn't done yet, which is just going to be like, it's so amazing. Um, it's and then the most beautiful like ever too. I really love it. And wait, you guys, like, wait till you feel, like, I wish you could feel through a computer screen because this <laughs> is just, uh, like, to die for. Then we also have, what, like, a tan color and mm-hmm. some black pieces, some mm-hmm. white pieces, right? Yeah, so, I mean, looking at your wardrobe all the time, obviously, you always rock really great ivory. And, you know, as someone who spills on themselves every day, I usually am rocking black. Um, (laughs) So that's just, uh, we're giving a few options to everyone um, for different ways to style it. And what's great about this is that all these pieces can be styled together. And we also have some really, like we said, really comfy pieces. So not only is... Um, the leopard print and the tan, which is a a really great linen option. And then the black bamboo, that's the most comfortable, softest thing. We always say with our little black dresses that, you know, you look really put together and professional, but you feel like you're wearing pajamas so that you don't have to unzip yourself out of something uncomfortable at the end of the day. And you can run around and go to a girl's night or, you know, to a date night or to run after your kids on the playground. You can do whatever you need to do in these great 
fabrics because they're so durable as well. So those are going to be really great. And then we've got some great graphic t-shirts and a notebook as well that's coming out. Yeah. Go check that out. Connect with Amanda. We'll be blasting you guys on social media about these amazing clothes, answering any questions that you have. And Amanda, I'm just so grateful for you and this experience (laughs) together, but also just like your energy and who you are in the world and just having you as a part of my girl gang. So thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait for everybody to see this collection. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Bye. If you want to take this work even deeper and coach with me in my signature program, go to lindsaymangocoaching.com forward slash anything but average. In this program, I will teach you how to take this work and create results so you can have a life that blows your mind in the areas of money, purpose, health, lifestyle, and romance. I can't wait to see you on the inside.